0: In the last episode, we talked about how I, and maybe even you, rewrote the memories of childhood so they would fit the narrative we crafted about it as an adult, and what happens when childhood photographs begin to poke holes in the story we created. We also talked about some of the challenges of monetizing our work to the point where we can actually make a living as an artist. In this conversation, we're talking about the ideas of urgent versus important when it comes to the work we make, and how social media tends to encourage and often reward one over the other. I'm Jeffrey Sidoris, I'm talking to John Wilkening, and this is In Between. So what are we going to burn down this time? Uh, we've, <laughs> we've, we've, we've successfully burned down my childhood <laughs> and uh, <laughs> your, your value and monetizing your work.
1: Yeah, I know. Like, how do you, how do we wade into <laughs> equally as deep waters as that conversation? But I actually have something. And it was based off of um, uh, this guy by the name of Alistair Humphreys, who's... Sort of made a name for himself in England. He's like walked across I think maybe a continent or like he does all these crazy trips and then writes about them. Are
0: they all walking and trips?
1: I'm not sure off the top of my head. Okay. I'm I'm trying to figure I'm trying to remember what the one that defined his like jump started his career. But he put out a video that I I found Mm -hmm. where he's attempting to write another book and he talks about like him trying to write this book and then struggling with it. The question he posed that sort of got my head thinking is he, he basically titled this video where he went to this cabin in the middle of the Scottish Highlands with no electricity no running water. The only heat is wood. And he, I guess, he like brought enough battery in his laptop to write. And he titled the video "Urgent versus Important," and how he he talks about struggling when he was at home writing his book because everyone's hitting him up for something to do,
0: you know, asking him uh, to do something. Yeah. You mean. Okay.
1: Yeah, or questions, or like just you know quote unquote, urgent things that we feel we need to put our attention to Mm -hmm. that distract us from actually doing the important work that sort of pushes our career forward. And that struck a nerve with me because I feel, especially with like in a social media context, that it's so easy to get lost in the like, I need urgent stuff like I need to post something on social media every day. I need to reply to these people. I need to do all these sort of stuff. I need to put an Insta story, Instagram story about what I'm doing. You know, like all the stuff that in a sense weighs on our, weighs on our time. But how much of that is actually important? Like how much is that actually moving the needle
0: in our work? I think it's a false sense of urgency. I think that's the biggest negative that social media has created is a false sense of urgency that, that is distracting from what is important or potentially important. I mean, important is a strange word because we first have to define what do, we, what do we mean by important? Important to whom? Important to an audience? Important to us as the makers of the work? Or a a blend of something in between, because if you're depending on social media, this, see, this is something that I've I've wrestled with myself. If you're depending on social media, does social media taint the purity of what you're doing because you're on some level pandering to an audience?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, it, it is it is really a question that I'm that I'm wrestling with. So there's there's that. Part of it but yeah the the urgency piece you know when when blogs were still a thing before <laughs> social media, and some would argue that they still are, but they're certainly not as important as they once were with the advent mm-hmm. of social media, but when they were important, the rule was you had to do multiple blog posts per week right to stay relevant or to stay you know high up on the rankings the way Google was then indexing or referencing sites and there had to be link backs to other sites and other people had to to sort of verify that you were important or or you know air quotes important but all that has has kind of changed now there are multiple posts a day in some cases that are required to stay in front partially because things are moving by so fast if you don't go to instagram for a few days god forbid But if you don't go to Instagram for a few days, there's no way you're going to catch up on everything that has come down that activity feed from the people that you follow. There's just too much stuff. So the urgency is to, in my opinion anyway, is to post and post and post and post so that you have more of a chance of being seen by that audience. Yeah. But again, that seems to dilute the overall importance of the work. If if you're posting, how about this, John? If you're posting as a byproduct of doing the work, if you're doing the work anyway and posting it as you go, I guess that's one thing. But if you're creating this sort of ancillary body of work or ancillary feed just to keep eyes on your work while you're working on the important, again, in quotes, the important stuff over here, then it just seems to be a distraction.
1: Yeah. It it feels a lot like being forced to tread water where there's this pressure to continually put stuff out mm-hmm. in order to stay in front of people. And the thing that, you know, I'm wrestling with what is the cost of that treading water?
0: What are you in what way? Cost in what way? Material cost, emotional cost?
1: Time, decision making. They talk about decision fatigue that human beings only have a certain amount of decisions they can make in a particular day before they just get worn out. And that's why certain, certain people have argued that it's better for you to basically eat the same breakfast, almost have a uniform, mm-hmm. so that you mentally can start your day without having to go Okay, what am I eating for breakfast? What am I wearing? Right. Like all that sort of stuff. And that there's this toll on us mentally that is not, we don't consider it when we look at, say, the cost of social media. And that the question that I'm sort of posing is does our work pay that price? Could we theoretically get better work without having to tread with like, with treading less water? Mhm. what would actually push our careers or forward or or our work forward.
0: Yeah, the the career part you don't know though, right? I mean that's yeah, that's no, something no. that's kind of out of your hands. The the work yeah. part yes, I think you can I think you can address that, but as to what an audience is going to like, I mean you and I have had, you know, hundreds of hours of talking about that and I don't know that there is an answer to that particular question. I mean if that were the case then you know, we would never make any bad work because we would just we would know what an audience wants, right? And and well, yeah. if that's if that's your career goal is to please an audience. That's let's, let's yeah. let me back up and, and sort of rephrase that.
1: Um but let's let's put it as yeah, the the work mm-hmm. in in and of itself and it's almost like uh, a pure way. I, I would have to say that there has to be a price in terms of creativity that gets paid for this tread in the water.
0: Yeah. I think I think you're right. Some people do it really well. I don't think I do. And and maybe it's because I I haven't really had a strategy. <laughs> you know, Adrian is a very strategic thinker. She's brilliant. And she is able to see multiple steps ahead. Whereas mm-hmm. I typically don't. I'm focused on what's in front of me. You know, I'm focused on on the more immediate you know is this a pixel to the left or is this a pixel to the right is this color too orange not orange enough too green you know whereas she's looking at how this all plays out and and where it could possibly end up and what kind of message it sends and how these you know 18 things are interrelated and again she's really wonderful at it but i'm i'm not and i think that's part of the reason why creativity as a business is such a struggle for me because mm-hmm. i don't i don't have those actually maybe that's not it's not it's not even that i don't I, I mean it is that i don't have the skills but i don't have the skills because i don't focus on those skills i don't exercise those muscles i i'm in my own head i'm too busy trying to exercise the creative muscles to make the work to lesser or greater degree <laughs> yeah you know but oh. the people that are good at it really good at it and and can 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 be that creative entrepreneur and i don't mean that as a, in that sort of pejorative i don't mean it as a negative um, i know sometimes that that is tossed around by by the real true artists right that that you can't be a creative entrepreneur cuz then you're just <laughs> you know you're selling out well that's another discussion but yeah. i don't i don't think like that i don't have that skill set
1: i guess do you think that when you when I look at a certain segment of creatives out there, I feel that success on social media almost becomes a trap creatively. And perfect example is sort of like pretty place photography. You know, the girl with the yellow coat in front of a lake with a gorgeous mountain in the background. Mm-hmm. There's almost a certain set of photographs that are almost repeated at nauseum by a segment of photographers often with sizable followings but when you look at their feed you don't see the you, you don't see the progression that you would expect artistically
0: maybe but if if
1: or at least that's how i feel yeah I no no way. no i, I can <laughs> i can
0: completely see that but if if their market you know if if who they're who they're creating that work for if those clients or customers really love Pretty lakes and yellow coats, or you know those types of images, and they're and they're getting that work out there consistently and being paid for it. On some level, it's hard to fault them because why change? Mm-hmm. If your goal is to make a living with a camera, that's the goal, right? I mean, I think it it comes down to what you want out of when we, when we talk about you know living a creative life, we have to define that. What does that mean? If if it means making a living with a camera in your hand and that's the win the subject matter while important isn't the win the win is i made a living with a camera in my hand that's the win well then maybe you're willing to compromise on the what because for you the how is the most important thing Mm -hmm. yeah whereas for you personally the how and and please tell me i'm full of shit if i am but the how seems to be secondary to the what it's tied to it yeah
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's a certain level with art where I definitely hit a point where I almost begin. I get tired of my own bullshit. Mm-hmm. Where if I if I know how to make an image, and there's no surprise, there's no difficulty. It's just like I know exactly what I want to do and how to execute it, and I can repeat it sort of in in an infinite that that state is almost the opposite of joy.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to just, no, like I, and a, I I believe that a hundred percent for you.
1: Work becomes a burden rather than something that lights me up. Right. You know, I have to f- almost walk a fine line between being something that's difficult and something that's being too difficult, you know, because, you know, I know that if I keep on pushing a project and it just, it's one of those where like I can't figure it out. It reaches a point where it's almost like I get too beaten down to keep on pushing at it. But at the same time, that struggle is also what makes it makes the sort of the the successes so pure and so like exhilarating. Mm-hmm. In some respects, like I I shoot film because digital was so easy. And I know that's a ridiculous statement.
0: Millions of photographers just gasped in horror. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know. I know. And and like, I know, I know all opinions expressed are my own. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, opinions like expressed are
0: not necessarily those. Of,
1: yeah. 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 But like, you know, I had the 5D and like when I click the image, it will click the shutter. It's like you can look at the back and go, Okay. There was no there was no challenge to the pure producing of an image.
2: hmm
1: And, and was, I mean was
0: there ever for you in digital?
1: Um, yes and no. When I first started, there was just uh like how do you create an interesting photo? Mm-hmm. You know, there there's that sort of thing to bump your head against. But personally I needed I needed a constraint to to push against. Mm-hmm. You know, I needed an obstacle to sort of wrestle with, to sort of push me into the, get me into the zone, you know. And I felt that the ease at which I could produce an image with a digital camera didn't awaken the same sort of
0: feelings. And was it immediate for you, the film part? I mean, because it's hard for me to compare the two because I haven't been serious about shooting film Since I was serious about shooting film, since film was all there was. So I don't Mm -hmm. feel like there's been a fair comparison of, of experience because there's, there was 20 years (laughs) between the two experiences.
1: Yeah. To me, there's a, there's a moment just right before you pull, like when you're developing in your images, when you're about ready to pull them out of the tank to see if you got anything on them. Even after I've shot hundreds and hundreds of rolls of film, there's always a feeling of, did I mess this one up?
0: But you get excitement from that, not not sort of nervous angst. Is that true?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that sort of unknown, I get excited about it. And I mean, I've definitely pulled rolls of film out that I've messed up, and that's when you start kicking things around in the basement
0: but it's almost that go back to that for a second i mean if that if it's part of the process then why does it come as a surprise that it doesn't work perfectly if imperfection is such an integral part of the film process
1: because 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 failure no matter whether it's necessary or not feels like shit (laughs) (laughs) you you like it's (laughs) it's like the difference between riding a bike with training wheels and riding it without mm-hmm. no one likes crashing into the bushes, but everyone accepts that the training wheels are it riding without those tra- with the training wheels on. is not fun. It's this sort of like unsaid acknowledgement that the reason, reason riding a bike is fun because of the possibility of crashing.
0: Hmm. Yeah. You know, in a weird way, maybe because you know i've been looking for ways to integrate digital photography into my analog painting or mixed media work and
1: mm-hmm. i think
0: it's one of the reasons that i that i find myself drawn to the alternative processes that i've been researching lately the gum by chromates and the salt prints and the carbon prints because i can go out and and get the images well staying in this line of of discussion more easily right mm-hmm. because because i'm shooting digital but i still get to Exercise those analog creative muscles by printing in the analog space mm-hmm. with a process that's still chemical based that still has a high degree of oh no, i've blown it factor, you know what I mean yeah, yeah, I mean I think that's what what makes it so intriguing for me and and watching you know watching some of these videos specifically the the gum bichromate and gum oil process where Especially gum oil, because you you create this solution, you expose the print, you can't see it because there's no pigment in the solution, even once it's been exposed. Then you have to rub oil paint into the thing, let that soak in. And it's only then when you wipe away that paint do you see whether or not you've gotten anything. So you've put in days' worth of work, but by the time you pre-shrink the paper, coat it, let it dry, you know all of this all these steps that go into it, you've put some significant time into it only to then wipe it away and go, ah, my exposure was off by four seconds or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. And I, I love that part. I mean, it's, it's sort of core to why I work with these kinds of things that, that sense of unpredictability is exactly what I need because I'm so pixel obsessed on the other side.
1: Yeah. Like when you compare how you feel about digital photography, with sort of the very manual, messy process of your paintings. Do you think that that sort of, I don't, I don't even know what I'm trying to get at here, but like, it feels like you approach the two very differently.
0: Digital photography and, it, and, and painting? Is that is that the, yeah, yeah okay.
1: Digital, digital photography and then the way you paint in such a messy fashion. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've watched plenty of your sort of Instagram videos where you're painting. Right. And you're putting things down, painting painting it, painting over it, messing it up, redoing some corner. Like, there are plenty of times when I've seen a painting on, say, like, day two, and it's unrecognizable on day five. Right. And then it's also un- unrecognizable on day 13. Like, in that approach is so you but also so not your digital photography.
0: No, I mean Jesus, how many how many conversations did we have about cameras? <laughs> and and you know, well this one looks better at 3200 ISO and that one look, well like who cares? I I don't shoot at 32 or 64. I mean, once in a blue moon and yet when I was looking for a new camera, I wasn't testing and shooting comparison images at 200, 400, 800, 1600 it was 32 and 64. Like that was, that became the benchmark. Like, you know, why isn't this micro four thirds camera tack sharp at 6,400 ISO, you know, in low light on my front lawn? Well, because it's a micro four thirds camera at 6,400 ISO on low light in your front lawn. That's, that's why. And you're (laughs) never, ever going to shoot that shot again. Yet those became my, my test shots. I was, I was looking for a level of pixel perfection that's completely contrary to not only the paintings, but to the way I take pictures. I, I'm never going to use that camera in that way. That became the hill that that I needed to die on in terms of choosing. And I don't understand why.
1: Yeah. Do you know what, what it would look like if you approached your
0: photography
1: more like you how you approach your painting?
0: Has that question come up in your head? I would probably shoot with an eight by 10 camera with a lens that has been beat to hell and shoot wet plate. That would be the, I think wet plate is the closest photographic equivalent to the way I'm trying to carve out a body of work as a painter. If I'm even a painter and I, I wrestled with that too, but (laughs) I think, I think that's probably the closest, but I also don't want to lug around an eight by 10 camera and a push cart full of toxic chemicals. That doesn't work, at least at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where the the alternative printing processes have found their way to center stage, because then I can just take my camera, toss it in a bag, go into DC, go to Anacostia, go to you know wherever it is that I'm going, get the photos that I want to get, then come back. And this is where I can capture the images and then come back home. And that's where the photography begins. Mm-hmm
1: it it reminds me of your like if you want to say your paintings start with you collecting resource materials but like that the final image or the fi- what you come away with from that is so different than the actual resources mm-hmm. that
0: mm-hmm. in many cases unrecognizable yeah, yeah yeah very much so yeah i and, and and that's you know going going back to the top of the the question of about urgency versus importance i could share progress images and have before but i don't think i will moving forward because they're not indicative of the final product and it's just me having something to share Mm -hmm. and i don't i don't know that i want to take that position any longer you know i mean
1: (laughs) why like just what like what's the thought process behind that decision
0: well, number one, as you've pointed out, a painting will be different on day five or day 10 or day 20 or whatever than it was on day two or three. So on some level, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Why show you what it looks like right now when it's not going to look anything like that when it's done? And if you get it in your head that that's the the snapshot that you like, and then I show you the final piece and you go, oh, wow, that really changed. I really liked it, you know, a week ago when it was at this stage. Yeah. Now, if I could see a a point in in doing like a whole BTS type thing on a particular piece and and showing that whole progression in one sort of in one go and then ending on the final piece, but sharing snapshots of them, it's almost like photographically it would be the the same thing as just putting up the raw file and then sharing the final edit. Well, why would you do that? Yeah. Other than as some sort of exercise like you why why would you do that some people's raw files are so different than than where their final files end up especially if you're shooting hdr or if you're compositing or you know if you're doing a lot of beauty or, or retouching work they're completely different images so why bother and i think i've kind of reached that with where i'm at with what i make and it also again to go back to that kind of top it takes away the urgency and lets me focus more on the importance Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about sharing this side. You know, I can share blurry pictures of my Christmas tree or pictures of the dog or, you know, whatever. Now, does that build an audience or build a brand? No, probably not. But again, that's my lack of strategic thinking around it. And it's just more of that sort of squirrel mentality. It's like, oh, I took a picture. I should share it. Well, why? Why should you share? it? Yeah. And I yeah. think that's a question that we should all kind of ask ourselves. Why am I sharing this?
1: Yeah, it's part of me feels like I've I stepped on a a hamster wheel and and then I'm somehow indebted to keep the hamster wheel going. The hamster and, wheel being
0: social media and, and yeah. kind of posting things. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And part of me just goes, maybe maybe we just need like maybe the hamster wheel is what's wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah and like but at the same time I totally understand and accept how social media has in some ways replaced the gatekeepers in the art industry or the art world. You could fo- you could create a following and then have a brand hit you up and now you you know you have a career based off of it. Like I understand that the upside of social media. I just wonder How much do we actually consider the downside in terms of of it getting in the way of our work? Right. And that and it and not even to expand it more from away from social media. How much how often do we get distracted by shiny elements within our work that sort of pushes away from the important aspects in our work?
0: Well, I mean, again, that that word important, I feel like that's the core of it because for some people, you know, I, I go on and on about narrative and story and I know, but I'm also quick to point out and remind myself that not everybody wants to have narrative in their work. Not everybody needs to have narrative in their work. Not everybody is looking to say something with their work other than here's a pretty picture and that's enough and that's okay. That's great. Mm-hmm. If your bag is painting pretty, I mean... Did Monet have some great existential message that he was trying to share with the world when he was painting water lilies? I don't know. I don't think so. I think he just liked painting pretty pictures. And I'm sure some Monet expert is going to write and go, "Well, no, actually, Jeffrey, that's that's incorrect. (laughs) Monet was trying to, uh, you know, whatever. And that's if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I think there are plenty of artists for whom it's just about creating. It's just about making something. The The important part is that I finished this thing and put it into the world. That's what's important.
1: Do you think the work feels less important to us if we
0: can't share it on social media? Say that again. Do, do I think the work, So our, our own work or other people's work? Uh, your own work. Does, does my own work feel less important if I can't share it on social media? I, I, well, I think it's a double-edged sword. I think if... You know, because you can you can rationalize it, right? We're we're really good. Humans are really good at rationalizing things. Yeah. If if five thousand people take the millisecond to click the heart button, well, then you go oh, five thousand people like my image. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's not necessarily true. Five thousand people hit the like button, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they like the image. They could like you. They could be a friend of yours, you know. Mm-hmm. And they just go, oh yeah, my friend posted a new picture. I like it. Well, did you really like it? I don't know. Regardless, if it works the other way, if nobody likes it, and this is the other side of social media, if nobody likes it, then is it unimportant? Is it bad work? This is the sort of great fallacy or great letdown of social media is it props us up, but it can also tear us down. And in reality, neither one of those things have anything to do with how good the work is or how important the work is.
1: Yeah, yeah, I just... I like I, I wonder sometimes if you had to if you had a crate for an entire year and you couldn't share anything until say January 1st the following year.
0: Mhm. Nothing?
1: Well,
0: nothing. Like not even hey, I'm working on some new stuff. It's going really well. Not even progress <laughs> reports?
1: No. You're, you you go dark for a year and on on the 1st of the next year you can
0: share things. So it's not that you're not making for a year. You're still making. No. You just no. can't share any of it until it's done. Yeah. I mean, that's the way it used to be, right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I, I flirt with the idea of and this will I'm sure come as no shock to you, but I, I flirt with the idea of of deleting everything, of burning it all down and starting again.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What keeps me from doing it is well, a couple things. But the main thing is I don't I don't know how it would be any different than what it is now because I'm still me. Sure. So if all I'm doing is just deleting the history, but then creating a similar history, what's the point?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I, cause I wonder sometimes like when, you know, I've released elements of projects before and haven't, haven't received the response that I probably have hoped for Mm -hmm. and that has changed how I looked at the project itself right it's one of those where you almost you begin to distrust your own opinion or your own judgment on the project Mm -hmm. and I feel that like if you you're sharing work and sharing you know progress report like yeah I almost feel like how much of your work going forward is then influenced by the response you get in that?
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean all I, all I can tell you is i'll I'll let you know because I think <laughs> part of part of the reason it's a small part, but it still factors in, but part of the reason that I want to try this alternative sort of printing process is to to do something unexpected and to do something I've never done, and to see how that influences or informs or 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 not. The things that I have done? Does that take me in a new direction? Does it, does it elicit a different response because it's different work from me? I don't know. Does it, does it find its way to a new audience? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Or am I just more and I hate to use the word passionate about it? (laughs) If I produce more of that type of work because it resonates with me, is that what made the audience? Is the consistency what helped? capture a new audience as much or more than just the work i don't know i mean these are all variables that i think again distract us just from doing the work because we're thinking about all this stuff we're thinking about how it's going to be received instead of just making the work Mm -hmm. you know i've been looking at at this photographer's formulary kit in my cart for the past four days still haven't pulled the trigger on it why i don't know (laughs) What if people don't like it? What if I don't like it? What if, uh... you know, all this dumb stuff that bounces around in my head, but I'm never going to know unless I try. They're never Mm going to know unless they see. Yeah. So the only person that that's missing out, well, we're all missing out. I'm missing out on the process. I'm missing out on potential inspiration. They're missing out on, you know, potentially something cool to hang on their wall.
2: Mm Hmm. Yeah.
1: How do you think you, how do you overcome that?
0: In general or specifically? How about both? I don't know. Um, specifically, I think you know there there are like four shopping carts that I have today that I have to pull the trigger on, and I've given myself, <laughs> I've given myself, you know, sort of an assignment. In general, I think it's it's just, I think it all feeds off of itself. You know, the 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 more I try and do. And the more, and again, this is the wrong word, but the more successes I have in trying and doing, the more that that reinforces the carrot, not the stick. Mm-hmm. But what the the common if if there is a common negative to all of this, it's that I am noticeably less inspired, less happy, less content, less everything when I'm not making, and that making could be. Writing, photographing, uh, painting—it's it, not—it's not one aspect of it. It's just the act of having conversations. It's—it's it's the act of doing nothing but stewing over all of those things really takes me down very quickly.
1: Do you think having to, having to, knowing that your creations and whatever you're gonna do be public does that have any
0: any impact on your work no because i don't <laughs> i don't <laughs> count on them finding an audience fair enough you know i i've been at this you know i've been doing podcasts since 2008 i've had you know multiple iterations of websites and i'm still sort of hovering at the same relative i mean it's a little more sometimes it's a little less but mine is a long game i have mm-hmm. not ever had some sort of meteoric rise to you know social media greatness or or social media fandom or you know like any sort of that and and i'm okay with it because i think that would i think that would negatively influence the work more than my own self-doubt about the work gotcha, yeah yeah because I would fall into that 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 trap of oh well, the audience likes this, so I'm just going to keep doing this well, if you keep doing that, then you're not doing any of this stuff over here, and arguably you're not growing because you're not off balance mm-hmm.
1: I, would, I would I would curious to know what you what would happen if you hit if you became famous
0: i don't ever think i'll have to worry about it <laughs> 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 i mean i I don't know you know it, i don't i hope that it, it wouldn't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think it, I, like I said, I don't see it happening. I mean, what am I going to be famous for? Certainly not podcasting and certainly not painting, certainly not photography. So what would it be? I don't know. Uh, and what is famous? What does that mean? I don't I, know. I,
2: I, I have no idea.
0: Unless my movie gets picked up and then, you know, then maybe I would be. But other than that, I don't know. And
1: you never know Like There's enough People get famous For all sorts of reasons
0: Well (laughs) You know If I can If I can get my script To Josh Brolin And he digs it (laughs) I'll let you know Uh,
1: See I I kind of picture you More as a Wes Anderson guy
0: Oh No 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 this is No No I like some (laughs) of his stuff But I also find Some of his stuff Very Difficult to watch. I love the way it's shot. I love the precision in which it's shot, but some of the characters, I I it just drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he kind of does the same thing over and over again. Yeah, he
1: does. He sort of he created a full uh formula and now he just makes
0: Wes Anderson movies. Right. I mean, if, if I could, if I could pattern a, if I could pattern a film career, like a director, Mm -hmm. it would probably be Fincher. Okay. Because there is, there is that fastidious attention to detail. There is an inherent sort of darkness to everything he does, but there's humor in it as well. It's just dark humor. Mm Mm-hmm. And and I just I love the the types of human conditions that he explores in his movies.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, that makes sense. You you've been dreaming of making a movie? Or is that just a abstract?
0: Um I've had a I've had a couple ideas for movies. There's one that I keep coming back to and I I have started making notes about it. I've started sort of outlining an arc. Because I, I I really do love the writing process, and I think the the more i've I started doing these morning pages November fifth, and I have not missed them at all so i'm over I'm well over a hundred pages into this new journal, which is phenomenal for me i i i still you know i'm I'm almost halfway through a Moleskine journal since November, which kind of blows me away, given that I've had you know dozens of these these things empty for so long mm-hmm and it's it that act of this is actually this is kind of an interesting thing the act of writing without consequence has allowed me to feel more comfortable about writing with purpose okay yeah you know no. just just getting something out on the page and not really because i don't go back and read them i i couldn't tell you what i wrote about day before yesterday no idea it's it's a complete mystery to me because i just i i sit down and i just go and i stop when i hit three and that's it and then i close the book and i don't think about it i try not to anyway but within a day or two i'm completely oblivious to what i've written so i mean i could be writing the same thing over and over i don't know Mm -hmm. wouldn't that be funny like a groundhog day (laughs) journal like it's just the same it's the same like every every second or third entry is the same (laughs) because i can't remember writing about it yeah.
1: I know, I know you're not supposed to do this, but it'd be
0: fascinating for you to go back and read those. It might be, or it might be disturbing, (laughs) you know, because I do know that, that some of them have been, I've been kind of wiped after it. I mean, some of them are kind of like therapy sessions, you know, where I'm just working through some stuff, but I think that's part, part of the point, getting some of this stuff out so that, so that I don't sit and spiral around it. You know, I don't sit and think about it all the time. And I love the idea of doing, you know, something fiction, you mm-hmm. know, so I'm, I'm outlining some things and, and I thought, well, what if, what if I could do, if I could write three pages of fiction a day on this particular story, that's a screenplay in six weeks, at least a first draft, Yeah, which is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting prospect. Um, I've, I've shared. The idea with Adrian and one other friend, my friend Jude, and he loved it. He was like, I couldn't totally see this. I can absolutely see this. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I love the idea of writing a, a fiction piece. Just just if nothing else as an exercise.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you, so you, you said that basically the act of writing with, with no consequence. Mm-hmm has allowed you to write with purpose yeah starting More to before, yeah, yeah yeah do you think there's a corollary to other forms of creating like gosh is you know there, maybe is there is there a way to create morning pages but painting
0: or well i think that's it? part of what those the instagram live sessions are you know i think i think that's a big part of what those are is is just giving myself permission to play, and I think I think all of us as makers of things lose that ability or lose or lose that permission to a lesser or greater degree, depending on where we are in our career. But I think it's it's valuable. One of the guys that I that I watch, a guy named Bob Burridge, older fellow, has been painting for a long time. Is fascinated with the circus. A lot of his paintings, uh, the subject matter of a lot of his paintings, are circus clowns and circus performers, and it's something that has been with him since he was a kid. I I got the chance to meet him at the Smithsonian uh, last year, and uh, had a nice conversation with him about about some of this stuff. And I asked him, you know, because he, he did like a little Q and A after a painting session, and and I said I asked him what came first, the circus or painting. And, uh, and he got this, this smile on his face and he's like, that's a great question. He's like the circus, you know, ever since I was a kid and he told this, this story about, about wanting to run off and join the circus and that, that fascination with the big top and with those performers and with the makeup and with the spectacle and the lights and the the smells and the sounds, that's something that has never left him. And it pervades every part of his work. And his morning pages, if you will, routine is getting up every day and just playing and, and making collages or, or doing these sort of, uh, you know, non-directional abstract paintings or color studies. But it's something he does every single day. And he will tell you that is what allows him to create the better work, the more meaningful work. His urgency is not sharing. His urgency is making. So he Mm -hmm. makes every day regardless of where it ends up and that allows the important work to find its way through. And I, and I think that's a, it's such a great way to look at it. I've started to do stuff like that, but you know, I'm not, I'm not quite there yet, but I can see definitely where it helps.
1: Yeah. I wonder, uh, I'm trying to think of how I like if I were to do something similar what would that process look like
0: well i think you do yeah. i mean when you you know one of the first things that we talked about when we first kind of started started talking and becoming friends was the mummer's day parade and you brought like 20 rolls of film well that's practice that's 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 giving yourself the chance to just play and and see what you see without going okay i need to come home with a roll of really good portraits today or or really good city scenes or whatever it is you routinely give yourself permission to just go out and make pictures without any agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's that's a very good point. Do you not see it that way when when you're sort of in the moment? Are you are you trying to be more per- purposeful? Am I just seeing it that way because I'm on the outside of it?
1: I think I think I mean if this might actually go back to a conversation we had last week, but I think some of my mental struggles have, have been that as I've sort of become, as I gotten older through the years, I've become more, more definite with what I need to come back with. You know, I like the trip out West. I had an idea what I wanted to come back with, Mm -hmm. but like months before I went on that journey. And I think some of the, some of my struggles with that trip Was the fact that I came in to it with an expectations, which then almost impedes my ability to look at what's in front of me and just react to that as opposed Mm -hmm. to being in the, in the, if you want to say pure moment.
0: Well, you, you had a rough reaction to that though. I mean, you, you came back from that really kind of bummed out that you didn't get what you wanted. And, and as a result of it, you haven't. I mean you haven't shot a whole lot since.
1: No. But I've also I've had similar sort of like with this, but particularly with the Mummers parade because that is if you want to say there's a that is a singular event that sort of plays to what I do incredibly well. You know, just colors and chaos and people and like you know, it it in terms of like a a playground for the work I create, I can't ask for a better playground than the mm-hmm. Mummers Parade. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've definitely come back from a few Mummers Parades where it was like, what I came back with wasn't what I had hoped it was. You know, I hoped to. I brought twenty rolls of film, and I was hoping that I would get to the day where I was like, I'm out of film, and I still want to shoot. But like, you know. Maybe the light hasn't been right. Maybe these can, you know, last year it was four degrees. Right. (laughs) You know, like, so your ability to shoot in four degrees is pretty, pretty hampered. Right. You know, so like you're correct in that I've definitely, I definitely take a far more playful attitude or have taken a far more play, playful attitude in, in the past. And I wonder if like some of it is because I'm looking at this parade as like, here's this chance for me to produce a body of work or produce something that may, you know, back to the monetization, may get people
0: attention
1: Mm -hmm. in a way that I haven't achieved
0: before. Do you feel like you've spent too much time worrying about what an audience is going to think or not enough time? in terms of what type of work you're, you're producing? Is an audience, like, are, are you, and I don't think there's a wrong answer and I don't think there's, there's you know, a, a wrong way to, to, to look at it, but are you trying to create work for you or for an audience? I think,
1: my, I think that if you want to say this entire conversation is largely me getting mad at myself for paying too much attention to what the audience wants mm-hmm. and not enough time focusing and producing the work that I want to create. Mm-hmm. And I I hope, I, I don't mean that to sound as arrogant as it probably comes off, but... You dick. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think each artist people respond to the work because it's from the artist mm-hmm. for whatever reason, something in their head, something in, wants to get out. And personally there's, I feel that I get so caught up in the like social media world, the audience world, everything that I, I don't put in the, the effort required to get, a hundred percent of what's in my head out in the world, and maybe me, maybe this whole conversation is just is basically me taking out my feelings on myself on social media, or like the the topic itself. But I feel that I'm letting myself down by not putting all my efforts into creating
0: the work that's bouncing around my head. So what's stopping you? I mean, that's that's the pointed question, right? What? Yeah. You know, you you haven't shot, I mean, I'm going to put you on the spot here and I, and I I know, you know where (laughs) this is coming from. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't shot anything really since you got back Mm -hmm. because that trip kind of knocked the wind out of your sails in terms of what you were expecting to get. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. what's, what's the hump that you need to get over to get back out there again? Me
1: gaining a health, a healthy, not caring attitude about. Anything but the work mm-hmm. and and this is a, you know in a lot of ways, coming back to conversation last week, I'm almost coming to, getting to the point where i if I get paid for my work, I get paid for a work i like it that's that almost look at that that is a byproduct of my work that I can't control it's out of my hands, you know I can control some aspects in terms of having people... Uh, things people could buy but I need to I need to focus on producing work and producing the best work that I can and if if things happen monetarily so be it accepting the fact that they're out of out out of my control and getting into that headspace that will allow me to to create Freely create without the expectations that I've placed on the work in the past. Mm-hmm. How
0: how close are you to that now?
1: I I think I think I'm fairly close mentally. I admit like even just getting back and in, back into podcasting and talking to you is is been helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a matter of of now sitting down and going, this is what I want to accomplish. This is, this is how I want to do things and then doing it. And I'm at the, I'm at the point where I'm, I'm sort of trying to figure out like, what's the work I want to do? What's, what's the, what's the steps that I want to start walking towards, Mm -hmm. which is in a, which is a far better place than like I was say, couple months ago right, but i I view sort of my a lot of what I've done on the social media platforms as as me just treading water instead of swimming to a pl- swimming to someplace and that I need to just put my head down and just focus on the work and just crank it out and then <laughs> let the chips fall where they may. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's all you can do because otherwise when you, when you stay in this space of, of being beholden to an audience and for, again, for some it really works, but I think for you, from what I'm hearing and from what you've, you've said in other conversations, it's taken the fun out of photography for you and Mm -hmm. you enjoy photography more than almost anybody I know so that's a that's a huge that's a huge loss
1: yeah yeah I, I, I mean my personality is I'm easily distractible that's that's always been my knock you know right I, I've gotten my, my GPA in college was significantly lower simply just by the fact that I would get distracted and taking tests or zone out or do something like that right you know and it's so like, I I see myself so easily just getting in the point where it's like, what are everyone talking about on the internet? You know, like as <laughs> squirrel. Oh, yeah. Or I'll post a new picture and like, oh, what's the response? Oh, oh, there's a new picture. I've never seen that photography before. Ten minutes later, I'm like, the plus side of that is like, I have the ability to pull from so many different places because I've. Looked at and experienced and understand and read up on so many different things because I have, so many things have caught my attention. But like in terms of me just flat out producing work, I get too distracted too often by by unimportant
0: things. Right. Well, th- that's the other side of that of that sort of influence sphere. Right. Is is because you have such a such a a wide net of what your experience is and what your influences are you get it's that much easier to pull your attention yeah
1: yeah exactly it's it's one of those where like because i yeah i put it the wide net i'm catching everything your old shoe plastic (laughs) a whale (laughs) everything everything but a camera yeah exactly (laughs) everything except for dollar bills That's where I'm, you know, sort of my feelings on that. Right. You know, when I look at that important versus urgent, I'm spending way too much time on the urgent part or what feels to be urgent
0: and not enough time on what's important. If you're enjoying the conversation so far and you'd like to keep listening, you can subscribe to In Between in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Or you can get it as part of my Everything feed, which also includes process-driven, iterations, and anything else I happen to put up. Just search for Jeffrey Sadoris Everything. You can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Jeffrey Sedoris. That's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S. Or on my website at JeffreySedoris.com. And if you'd like to see what John is up to, you can find him on Instagram at John Wilkening. That's J-O-N-W-I-L-K-E-N-I-N-G or by visiting his website at johnwilkening.com. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll talk to you on the next one.